Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Big Footy Podcast for the off-season, and I'm talking today to Brianna Brock, who is the Female Programs Coordinator for AFL Queensland. Uh, welcome, Brianna. How are you doing? Um, well, thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's a great uh, pleasure to find out what's going on in the world of uh, football, in, not just football in Queensland, but women's football in Queensland, an area which many of us probably have very little idea because it gets so very little publicity um, at all, let alone outside Queensland, so... Um, it is more than we're more than happy to talk to you. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, very exciting last couple of years for us. Oh, I suppose as a, as a national um, group, our, our female program coordinators like myself exist around the country. Um, but in particular, we're having great last couple of years of success in Queensland, and really looking forward to the national competition coming online in 2017. It's, it's sort of here before we. Um, could even dream, I suppose, and um, yeah, looking forward to getting the kids ready to play. There's um, we, we've looked on the the recently released participation figures that have gone out. I, I mean, we've looked on in some amazement at the numbers coming out of Queensland, and uh, we understand that you have a, a program, uh, girls play footy too, and and, and those slogan uh, those slogans and things like that. How is that? How is that working for, for you up there? Yeah, look, I suppose because um, we're what's looked at as a non-traditional football state. We do approach the way we recruit and advertise to not just girls but boys slightly different to your traditional football state. So we've got heavy presence in our primary and secondary schools, which is where um, a lot of our participation figures come out of, is our school programs. Um, but but as you sort of alluded to, yeah, we, we um, had a meeting a couple of years ago about you know where we wanted to take this portfolio when I, I started in this um, position two and a half years ago and the main I suppose problem that we had was nobody knew that girls could play and it was exactly that trying to get media coverage and get the word out there that um, this was sort of our the best kept secret that AFL Queensland and, and Intent AFL had that, that girls were playing and playing in large numbers and just increasing year on year uh, over and above any other segment of our business so we came up with uh, the campaign Girls Play 2, which was aimed at between 10 and 15-year-olds because we really wanted that um, next group of Auskickers and girls who, you know, played the game maybe in primary school or, or just at Auskick level to continue to come through and, and start to build that sort of full playing pathway all the way up. Um, I suppose at that, at that stage we thought we had until 2020 to get ready for a national competition, but it's really actually helped us to accelerate that growth and in turn accelerate the pressure to start the competition early. So what, what kind of growth are we talking about? Like how, what, what sort of numbers are we looking at here? So in Queensland, um, just in 20, I suppose the last reportable figure, so the end of 2015, we had 71,000, um, or just over 71,000 girls play AFL. Now that's either as an Aus- from Auskick level through to playing in a school competition through to club. So um, as I said before, the main bulk of that um, participation is through our school programs and then um, Auskick, which is still really high in terms of the national figure. So we have eight, um, close to 8,500 girls do Auskick and um, you know we've increased our club participation You know, nearly double by I think in 2013 we were just under 2,000, and um, we're just over 3,000 now in Clubland. Okay. So, yeah, it's a big big number, but, um, you know, I think only a few short years ago it was more close to sort of 20 or 30, and, and now we're well over that 70,000. 
Oh, it's a great improvement, obviously. <laughs> yeah, a big. I mean, look, a lot of it is um, just, you know, that sort of old saying, if you build it, they will come. So the more programs we offer, the more girls take it up, the more they do it. So it's just about offering, I suppose, a more balanced approach to what we offer um, boys in, in school, in club and, and everywhere. Um, if you if you thought of your local football club, you would assume that every boy could play there, but that's not the same for girls. Um, you know, the, the clubs don't, not every club offers um, some form of girls' football. So that's one of our biggest challenges is to sort of get that mindset that any any girl could play at any club at any stage through her life. It's great to hear. I mean, there's a lot of um, uh, cynicism about participation numbers that uh, are released by uh, the AFL and the governing bodies of various states and whatnot. It's good to hear from people on the ground that though the figures that are being released are, you know, relative to actually what's coming out. It's yeah, <laughs> look, it's a good point. I mean, and it's difficult for, I suppose, people who aren't um, within the industry or very close to clubs who are sometimes running these programs in partnership um, with AFL bodies, you know, like AFL Queensland or AFL New South Wales or, or whoever else is working hand-in-hand um with those, you know, our job is to support clubs and club growth, and and we do that particularly in Queensland by creating more awareness. You know, we don't we can't don't have that luxury of walking into a primary school and everybody knows what our sport is. We have to educate them even just on, you know, what is AFL, how do you play AFL, and um, you know, really really basic level of knowledge in a lot of Queensland. So, um, it's not just girls we're trying to, I suppose, um attract football, it's also boys as well. So it's um, very, very important that when we are going out and doing all that effort to educate um, people around the game, that we are educating girls and boys and that there are viable pathways for both. So, um, you know, we can go to a school and talk to 2,000 kids, but if 1,000 of them are girls and we haven't got a program that's offering, you know, for them, it, it doesn't make any sense to keep keep going down that track. So I think that's where we've been really lucky in the high rates of girls participating because we are a bit more um, open-minded about what we offer and, and allow girls to play in, in large numbers and in you know in a large range of locations. Okay. Well, that's that's awesome stuff. Just moving on to um, the stuff that the AFL has announced in recent times. How is... Uh, you've had uh, a couple... Well, we've had a couple of women's games. How have Queensland gone against other states in terms of their, their, um, their competitiveness and their... I guess the issue that we have is that people don't believe that the talent exists against the more yeah, traditional sure. states. Yeah, look, um, I, I suppose I come from a little bit different angle in, in that, you know, none of our girls have been in an elite training environment similar to a, a men's game. Like when people say, oh, but is it going to be like the men's game? Well, none of these girls are even getting paid to play at community level or, you know, training five days a week or, you know, any of the types of, um, I suppose, structures and, and training setups that are around men's football, even even to an under-18 men's level football. So the standard for of um, play that these girls can produce, particularly like in the exhibition games when we're talking about that, you know, the best 50 girls in the country, is relatively high if you consider that, you know, they're not being... Um, you know, they have work, they have study, they have lots of other things that take up their time, that they're not full-time athletes. So um, in terms of the talent depth, I think we've got a, a long way to go, but we've got a huge upside in that we just haven't harnessed it yet. It's all out there. 
waiting for us to discover. So it, since the, um, the three under-18s programs that, that I've been lucky enough to run since coming on, on board with AFL Queensland, our, our team has increased in skill and athleticism, you know, twofold, just by having a better program, um, you know, more resources, um, and that type of stuff. And, you know, people probably aren't aware in the senior sphere that girls up until 2013, you know, were paying their own way to play for their state. So it's very difficult to get your best talent when, you know, they're having to fork out close to $1,500, take a week off work, all that type of stuff. So in the past, I think there's definitely probably an argument to say, oh, the talent wasn't there. But going forward now with the resources that we've been lucky enough um, to harness, we're getting girls who are so talented coming from other sports, coming from high-level programs, wanting to be part of this, that I think the talent level is only going to increase and, and do so so rapidly now that a national competition is available. Beautifully explained there, Brie. Um <laughs> It's a, with um with the AFL announcements and all the media coverage that uh, the women's game has, well, the women's games in uh, Melbourne have been getting. Is that flowing back through to your programs? Like, are, are you getting positive responses from that? Yeah, look, I, I suppose um, where we sit, we're, we're slightly different. We took the approach um, about a year and a half ago to employ a full time talent coach in the women's space, which is Craig Stasovich. So you know, ex-Collingwood uh, Premiership player and um, worked with Brisbane Lions through the, the golden years, I suppose, and and has been working for AFL Queensland over the last probably four or five years and we're very lucky to have him in our space. So in terms of what we're able to do, um, because we've got a full-time resource, our talent program, as I said, we've been able to heavily resource them and, and build them up. So we've been really lucky in terms of having someone like him who's got a profile and you know, he's got a good Twitter following and um, he's got, you know, great contacts um, throughout a media um, outlets. He's also a, um ABC Grandstand commentator. So because we've got that um, exposure, we've probably um, probably had more media than we're, we're probably entitled to, I suppose, um, being, being a much smaller state. So we're, we're lucky in that aspect. We've got a really good... Um, team driving our talent. The other part too is because we've only got the two clubs in Queensland and the Suns and the Lions is we have really good access and really good relationships with them. Um, so the last four years, the Suns have let us uh, play curtain raiser games on the ground, um, you know, since two, early 2013 was the first one. So we've been really, really lucky in terms of that. Um, and, you know, having the Gabba sort of just down the road from our offices uh, allows us to have really strong relationships with them. So um, we're lucky to get access to those people and access to their facilities and um, even their resources in terms of, you know, Suns TV and Lions TV and that type of stuff. So, yeah, we're, we're starting to see that, that we're getting a good following and, and just with the people within our state are quite um, supportive and, you know, share information on Facebook and that type of stuff. Mm. I think the... If I've got this right, the most widely probably known female footballer from Queensland at the moment is uh, Taylor Harris. Am I right? That's that's right. Yeah. Um, took, took a specky or something during the recent women's games. Um, what, what other? Who else from Queensland should we have uh, noticed in the recent games? Yeah, look, we've got um, Emma Zilke played. She's actually played for Western Bulldogs and Melbourne. 
um, over over the journey of the exhibition games, and she's our um, Quaffle, which is our state league here for women, um, dual best and fairest. So she won it in 2014 and 2015. Um, I think another there's another example of someone who came to the game quite late in life. I think she was probably only 20, 18 or 20 when she started playing, and you know she's 26 now. So relatively short career, and she's achieved a lot. Uh, we also had Talia Randall. Um, she's a girl from the Sunshine Coast. She played for the Western Bulldogs as a 17-year-old this year, so um, played national under-18s footy and, and had a really good carnival and was drafted sort of out of her performance in that and, you know, didn't look out of place against, you know, some um, really heavy hitters in, in the exhibition game. So they're probably our three, um, two of our really standout players and then obviously Talia Randall's one of our, our rising stars coming up through the ranks. So we're really, really lucky in, in terms of our state team if you want to want to call it that, I suppose it doesn't exist anymore. If we're we're going to play, um, you know, AFL games coming to the future, but um, our state team played 15 players under 21 this year, so we've got a really good crop of young players coming through, and um, our probably 16 and 17 year olds who are still coming through our under 18s program are, are probably even, um, you know. Quite a cut above even those players at that senior level. So you know, one of our sixteen-year-olds is probably, you know, fourth best in our state. But you know, she's still only sixteen, which is pretty promising. Cool. Um, just with uh, with your player talent development and stuff, are you seeing a lot of cross-code transfers, like people coming from other sports, other? Yeah, look, we're seeing a few. We saw a few this year come from soccer. I mean, obviously, soccer's had some challenges this year, and we've had, you know, some Matildas and um, Brisbane Royal players and those types of girls are coming and playing in our league. Um, and exciting to see them um, have played football as younger girls gone away off to soccer because the pathway didn't exist and now coming back um, to potentially play the professional football going forward. Um, we're also seeing girls who have... Um, you know, dabbled in a lot of sports. Where a mantra, I suppose, up here in Queensland is because we do have the other codes as such fierce competition. Is we're, we're happy for everybody to play anything, um, but just give everything a try. And you know, if you play basketball, great. It's a great skill set to bring back to football. If you play soccer, great. You know, it's something you can always bring back to AFL. So we're just seeing girls not give up other sports, but start to make AFL as their priority sport instead of the second or third sport that they might be doing so yeah uh, interesting to see a lot of netballers now starting to um not take their netball so seriously which is a, a good thing for us do, do you expect more of that to start coming across as the professional teams kicking or the semi-professional teams kicking oh i think it's inevitable we've got um you know just the the reach that we have you know, 71,000 girls this year, um, we would have come across <clears throat> lots and lots of really talented people at high school doing other types of sports that now this is, a, is you know, something that they potentially might be able to earn a dollar out of or, you know, um, have a really good experience and, and play at the highest level. It's probably just been the thing that's held us back in, in being able to attract those really top quality athletes that, um, you know, as a woman, there's not in a lot of options to earn money through sport. So if you wanted to make sport as a career, you've obviously got to go and choose 
a, a sport that you can um, be able to eat from, I suppose. So now that that's a reality, um, we, we'll definitely see more older girls come back. But at, at a 16, 17-year-old level, the commitment from those girls is outstanding. You know, we have girls driving six hours to come to state training just to be a part of it, you know, and you think, God, you're only coming here for an hour and a half because it's a, you know, six-hour round trip for them. So the dedication's there, and I think we'll just get more and more come as, as the stakes get higher. Excellent. Uh, just on state football, uh, how many state women's clubs do you have? Yeah, so we um, originally had two divisions two years ago, and we, we made the... Um, decision just to bring the, the state league back to a one um, really, really tight standard-based competition. So we had 16, uh, seven teams in that this year, and we're going to actually shrink that back to six teams in 2016. And we've we've had really good results with that, doing that in the NEFL competition that we have up here, where we just um, squeeze the talent into um, fewer clubs and so that the, the guys are playing competitive football, you know, week in, week out with not, you know, a, a big score differential between. So even spread of talent, which, um, you know, because we've only got a field, probably one AFL team as opposed to the Victorian <clears throat> um, guys who've got to probably field four, if not more, going forward. Um, we, we just want to see a really consistent, strong competition at the top. And then we've got a really large community level um, competition beneath that. So, yeah, six at the moment, one based on the Gold Coast and the other five are all based in Brisbane. I don't think you'd be... Uh, well, I think there are many people uh, on Big Footy who believe that the AFL should consider shrinking its talent pool just a little bit to do the same. <laughs> but that's neither here nor <laughs> I there. I mean, look, it's something you've got to look at. Um, you know, we... From my perspective, I played started playing football 10 years ago and we only had one division. So just there's you know the talent aspect aspect of it, but there's also you know the participation aspect of it. And you know I'd never even kicked a football before, and I had to go and play against girls who had been in the state team and were all Australians. And you know it was so daunting having to do that. So mm. and and for those poor girls, and they had to play against someone like me who who didn't know even the rules. So we've got to be able to place people appropriately. Um, and you know every sport does it, it has their top division down to their Z grade. And we've really got to be able to do it, um, not only just in Victoria where they've got massive numbers and I think they've got five divisions, but, you know, everywhere needs to be able to cater for the level of play, not only for the talented participants, but for the um, just your average hack. <laughs> oh, excellent. Um, so the rumour mill has chewed out that uh, AFL Queensland have nominated Brisbane as their preferred team for their women's uh, competition uh, uh, entrant, or however it is, licence, uh, in 2017. Is there a reason for that over the Gold Coast? Oh, there's no... Um, I mean, the tender process hasn't even commenced yet, so um, AFL Queensland supporting both clubs through that, that process, and each of them have got really great qualities that they can offer a team should they be um, lucky enough to get the licence. So from our perspective, we we just like to see, I suppose, the best um, the best club in, in terms of what they can offer a women's team, not just on, um, you know, field access. There's a whole criteria of things that they would need to meet, you know, field access, staffing, um, integration into their club, financial models, 
Um, so it's a lot. There's a lot that goes into um, fielding a team, and w- again, because our guys, both the Lions and the Suns, field NEFL teams, we would think it would be relatively similar um, in terms of of how they would need to engage the girls' team in into their club, and so they're both well set up for it. So I suppose it's then just what icing on the cake they can put on top, and um, you know we're we're happy to go. With whoever, whoever's going to end up getting it, because um, it's a massive step forward for us. So, yeah, we we don't have a preference. Um, we just want to see, I suppose, the best offer to the to the program. It's a wonderfully neutral response there, Bree. We <laughs> <laughs> well, put in each camp. You know, they're both such great clubs. So, um, and and each are so different. Each each, each club's very different in what they. Um, do and have, you know, the, uh, the Suns have got a great stadium down there, which is only going to get better with all the uh, Commonwealth Games, um, you know, upgrades and everything that's coming coming their way, which is, you know, very attractive. And, and yet, you know, the Lions is, you know, in the heart of a metropolitan city and um, got a great venue in the Gabba, for, you know, who wouldn't want to play there. So, yeah, yeah it, each has got its own, um, I suppose, great qualities. Of course. Now, if I, if I can, Bray, just some uh, background on you. Um, yep. How did you get involved in in football? In football? Yeah, well, as a um, my as a kid growing up, my dad played uh, for lots of different football clubs. Um, finished up playing in Ainsley in Canberra, and um, we were always, I suppose, you know, hearing the tales of his glory days and those types of things, and um, seeing his trophies and newspaper articles and all that type of stuff. So as we grew up, you know, we always sort of had a footy kicking around and that type of stuff, but, you know, never, ever thought that it was a sport option for us. Uh, moved back to, well, moved to Queensland probably in the late 90s and um, grew up on the north side of Brisbane. Again, not much football doing there and, and then the Lions went through their uh, great uh, triple premiership. So I'd I've been a, a Lions fan for a, a long time, I suppose, with the success that they've had up here. And then um, some, a friend of ours just said, did you know that there was a girls' team down at a local footy club? And uh, my two sisters and I thought, well, that sounds like good fun. Let's go and give it a go. So we went and had a had a kick and didn't look back, and it was nearly 10 years ago now. So um, played football in the Northern Territory for a while too, lived up there for a couple of years doing the same sort of job in our female football there. And, um, yeah, I've been, been lucky enough to be at a few clubs and, yeah, that's played about 90 games until I've had a baby and that's about it now. So you don't <laughs> play now? To make a comeback. <laughs> no, I, I had played a couple of games last year, or sorry, this season, um, but there was a whole lot of pointing and, and telling other people to do things and running and <laughs> I just uh, was making up the numbers, I think. Uh-oh. That's that's great. So your your dad was he John Brock? Yeah, he is. Yep. Yeah, there you go. I thought the name rang a bell. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah as soon as you said played, Ainsley, um... I knew who you were talking about. So. <laughs> it's a very yeah. small world, the football world. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he um yeah we we lived overseas for a long time um, after he finished playing football and lived in a few different countries and stuff like that. So it was all very foreign to us when we came back and. And uh, yeah, it was you know I was 25 when I when I started playing, so I'm quite quite an old recruit. But yeah, I've loved it, and you know I was a professional tennis coach at the time, so I uh, sort of dropped my tennis rackets and 
haven't ever really played tennis since I started playing football. I guess that's the uh, that's really the theme, isn't it? Like uh, you've got going now is that where there may not have been awareness of programs and things like that before. I actually have no idea what I'm trying to say now. <laughs> I lost <laughs> no, my train of thought. Right. We still think it's our best kept secret, even now with seventy one thousand participants. I can I can still walk into a football club and people say, "Oh, what the girls play." Mm. You know, and they're in our clubs and in our football community. So um, I suppose there's sort of an, an inner um, feminist in me, I suppose, that goes, yes, we do play. And some of us are actually pretty good. Um, so that really drives me to, you know, um, just work harder and keep keep doing what we're doing and getting the message out there and hope, hoping that more girls play. Well, keep up the good work. Up there, and we look forward to we look forward to seeing more developments as we go on. Bree, if someone wanted to be involved in women's football in Queensland, how's the best way to go about mm-hmm. it? Yeah, look, the first avenue is that people can always um, jump on our website aflq.com.au, and there's um, a tab there that says you know play AFL, and we'll direct anybody to their local competitions. Um, you know, we've got sort of. Uh, close to 17 different competitions throughout the state, you know, ranging as far as um, Cairns, Townsville, Mackay, Rockhampton, and then coming down into the southeast corner. You know, we've got leagues out in the Darling Downs and then um, our Brisbane, Gold Coast and Sunshine Coast League. So there's plenty of places to play. If, if people do struggle to find any information, they can also jump on the ASL Queensland Female Footy Facebook and, um, and you know, they can private message me on that or just leave a comment and we can help anyone who's looking for a club. Awesome. So be part of the revolution that is women's footy taking place in Queensland. If you've uh, been listening, I've been talking to Brianna Brock, the program's uh, female program coordinator for AFL Queensland. Uh, thank you very much for your time, Brianna. You're, you're welcome. And again, look, thank you for your interest and it's great to hear that you're you know, going to be doing stuff in the off-season because um, it's a huge off-season for us. We've got 10 months to go, I think, until a you know, national league kicks off. So we're all going to be very busy and um, all of the support that people are giving us really spurs us on. So thank you very much. Not a problem.